1: Welcome back to Brooko Mode for this little special series we got. We're going to call it Jet. We've got Jack, Egan and Tom. We'll be taking a little mental health flight. That's that's my little analogy for it. But the main purpose of this series is to sort of model some vulnerability. We're going to use a bunch of prompt cards and answer them and then sort of explore the topic. And, yeah, thanks, thanks Tom and Jack for coming on and, you know, being vulnerable because, you know, it's not easy to out your own personal story so thanks for coming on both of you I should be back
3: you too
1: so I've got a couple of rules sort of just so we sort of have a bit of a process about this because yeah we haven't really talked too much about it but we've got the prompt card which we'll say in a second but the first rule is just going to be no interrupting the storyteller so whoever's telling the story we'll let them finish speaking everyone gets to answer the prompt question and then we'll have a little conversation around each person's answer so this week's prompt is a person who doesn't know they've impacted my life is. Firstly, whoever's listening, just a little reminder that this is a person who doesn't know they've impacted my life. So obviously we've got really important family and friends who've had such positive influence on, influences on us. But this is more just, you know, to people who might not expect did to have a positive impact, and we'll have some good conversations around this, and you'll get more of the idea. So, I'll ask one of you boys to kick us off, so you guys can choose who goes first. But have you got one. Paper scissors, rock. Yeah, Paper <laughs> scissors, rock. <laughs> oh Paper scissors, rock. I've
3: I've given these... Paper scissors, rock. Oh, Tom Ames has lost. He's I've gone given first.
1: this. I've given them a couple of days' notice, so there's no, there's not. Too many excuses Yeah you said Oh, oh. <laughs> Tom's nervous <Tommy's> a bit, <laughs> It's alright Tommy I
2: just don't want to say One that's like Too obvious Like of course It's your family members But
1: It's alright If you haven't If, you, if It probably yeah, is If you haven't told them Go ahead It's your story
2: It probably is my dad I know that, like everyone said, like, Of course your family members Would know How much of an impact They've had on you But I'm not sure If it's like I'm not sure If I've said it As much Like He's massive in my sporting life, especially with footy and everything. Um, He's very knowledgeable about the game, but it's the passion that he shows when I succeed that's like, I find so, heartwarming is not the right word, but it's it's just so good to know that you've got someone there to support you. I remember not being picked for teams and losing games that we probably should have won and it's not like he goes, oh, you know, good try. You'll we'll get it next time. It's always he always kind of talks to you about what I can learn from it. So I remember in the in my grand final last year, he came down. I I always go to him like, at quarter time, halftime, because he's pretty smart about it about like what I could improve on. And I remember we won by plenty, so it was probably he didn't really need to say it as much in like the last quarter. But I remember. The final siren went, you know, you run and celebrate with your mates. And I remember turning and seeing my dad and I just remember thinking, oh, I I went and hugged him. I could almost see him tear up. I don't know if he did or not, but I mean, I I certainly did. So I knew that he was so happy for me. And it's that sort of the fact that he believes in me, in what I could do, and was always there. He came to e- almost every game. Of course sometimes he couldn't, but at every game he'd always be talking to me about, about what I can improve on, what what's going well. Even mid-quarter, like he's he's always talking to me and it's the it's the fact that you've got someone there to support you through everything that I think was so made me feel so good. So I think he's impacted me more than anyone just being there. And I probably haven't told him enough. So yeah, that's definitely my one.
1: Yeah, no, that's great. I, It's the thing that astounds me and I struggle to express my love for the people closest to me, even though, and I think a lot of it, society struggles, but we, we love these people and appreciate them so much, but we find it so hard to communicate to them. It's almost like it's given, but we still don't do it enough. And I definitely don't. Especially being a young male. I don't know what it is, but mm. I agree, but that gave me a good response, Tommy.
2: Yeah, no, <laughs> That's a great it, story. It's exactly what it is. I, I'm, and it's not like, oh, I wish he did say, I you know, I wish he did appreciate me more. I wish I said I appreciate you more. But, like, it's – I feel like you've probably – we've probably got a – there's a bridge to get there. I, there's still a, a way to get there. So it doesn't have to be – I feel like appreciation can come in many forms. You don't have to verbally say to someone, oh, I appreciate you because – some people might not like hearing it like it might make them feel a bit insecure or something i don't know but uh, you can show appreciation for others in such different ways but i feel like there's still a room to grow for me in, in showing others that yeah
1: it, there's a really good point you made there and probably saying i need to be able to understand a bit more is that you can appreciate people more than just with words and i feel like i get because for me, like, affirmations and words is, like, um is a means... It's sort of, like, my love language, I guess. So then I sort of get stuck thinking that that's the way that everyone else needs to have it. But talking about your dad, like, like I find it hard to express my love for my dad. But then I don't... Because I, I find it's hard to do through words, I try and do it through action. So obviously I know, like, how much he's invested into my football. So then... So when I'm, you know... Trying my hardest and putting everything into training and then getting results like that's sort of in it's i don't know if it's right or not, but i'm no, that's expressing yeah. my love'd oh, be proud to you him for sure. yeah. that
2: it's its it's making them proud that you get the reward from it like you you want to show them how hard you work, and they put so much trust and effort in you, and when they're proud of you, you feel like you've done that, so no it's definitely that's definitely right
1: yeah no that's very very powerful, and I think something we need to. Everyone needs to explore because, as Jack alluded to before we talked on the show, life is very, is you know you never know when it's taken away from you, and you don't want to leave leave this place, sort of not telling people how you feel. Hundred percent. Okay, thanks for the share, Tommy. It's very, very much appreciated for your honesty in there. I'll go. I'll go next, and then we'll finish. Finish with Jacks. So, I haven't gone with a family member. I've gone for someone who sort of, someone a bit surprising, but had a huge influence on my year and sort of has helped motivate me for for all this positive action that you boys have sort of seen in my own life. And it comes from so a letter from my primary school teacher. I. I moved from my my mum's to my dad's early this year, probably five months ago, six months ago, and obviously had a really successful primary school. And you know, I as the teacher says to me here, he says the world is your oyster, and and I think I read this thing and I hadn't read it for four or five years, and I'll gi- I'll just read a few quick little things just so you can understand why how it made me feel how it did. But he said, "You're an um, amazing young man with so many different gifts and talents, Egan. The world is your oyster, or he has unlimited potential. We're written with people like you in mind." And then he talks about me going to Hale, and then then here he's telling me that he he thinks I'm going to be playing AFL, and all these really things. And then, and I think the hardest thing for me is when I read this. Like I, I genuinely believed in that that primary school period I would be playing AFL. So then when I read this and I hadn't read it for so long, fuck, I felt disappointed. I felt like I'd let someone down. I was like, fuck, for someone who had so much belief in me. And then it sort of, you know, I I, I could have gone about it two ways and just thought, oh, it's poor me. But I sort of thought, you know, I don't want to be someone with regrets. So it sort of changed my mindset this year. And, And he talked a lot in here about sacrifices that you're going to have to make. And I think I probably in the last four years probably haven't. It's not like I didn't did not not sacrifice things, but I probably didn't train and do extras as much as I could. have. I didn't take care of my diet as much. And he says a little thing here, which is important. He says, try not to be too hard on yourself. Mistakes are good as long as we learn from them. Make sure you try your hardest at all aspects of life and let go a little of the outcome as you cannot do any more than this. And And that was really powerful for me. And... I don't just for someone to have so much faith in me, and obviously, I guess it was sort of warranted because I'd done so well, but to to not see it for so many years and then see it again i I'd felt like I'd let him down, and it is a bit a bit weird in the sense that it's just a teacher, but a few points I had to talk about that is just like I feel like when we're young, we have so much sort of like blind optimism or faith we just think. You can do anything, and and when we're young, we're like uh, being an astronaut. Like, we all hear these things, and every kid wants to play FL, but then it's almost like the world just tells you you're not enough, and you start growing up. You start experiencing failure, and we don't know how to deal with failure, and fuck, I think that was probably over the last six years, probably the hardest thing for me. So I was at primary school and was, you know, the popular kid, head of the school, Doing really well academically, socially, sporting, but then I went to Hale and I was just the middle. I was just back into the middle of the pack. Didn't have too many friends because everyone started in year seven, so I was a bunch of, bunch of strangers. Everyone had already formed friendship groups, and all these really good athletes. And you just you're still above average, but you're just not as good as you think. And and I didn't probably handle that well. And then it probably seeped into my mindset that yeah, I'm good, but I'll never be that good. And it probably I used to do so many. Extras in in primary school, like I'll, it wasn't a surprise that I was good because I did so much because I believed I was good. It just drove me to run more, to kick the ball more. But then I got to high school and I actually stopped. I stopped doing a lot of those things because I just thought I was average or above average, and I just wasn't good enough. And it probably until I've come out of high school, gone into this self development journey a bit, that I've realised, you know, that I don't want to have that mindset and. And I'm sort of connecting with my younger self and that mindset that I have with with the inner belief that I had and there's no reason I shouldn't have that. There's, It's just sort of those limiting beliefs that were holding me back. And another thing I just don't want to regret in the future for not trying enough to, not putting enough effort into my study, into my sport. And it's still getting the balance right, obviously. I'm still enjoying life, but I've never felt more Fulfilled and purposeful and driven in my life, and and this and I don't know that letter. Sort of, I kept it out for the whole year, and I, sometimes I read it, and it just reminds me that you are enough, and and that I can do it, and I've got that strength in me somewhere. And I think I let I let the the world sort of tell me I wasn't enough for a long time, and that's what happens when you go into competitive environments. It's and and that's why. I reckon I'm in a better space to go into, you know, the next journey my football because I feel like I have the, the, a better mindset for it, and and a lot of people would be in a similar vein to this thing, and they sort of get, sort of get into the real world, and they just feel like they're never enough. But definitely connecting back to my younger self now, and and sort of the freedom and and ho- hopes and aspirations that I did have. So yeah,
2: yeah, no, that's awesome. That was really good.
1: For a primary school teacher to say that about you, it's pretty good. Like the words
3: he was using about you, like I'd be pretty proud, like of yourself <coughs> for that
2: to be said about you. I mean, looking back, like oh, I know he said, <coughs> you know, I expect to see you playing in the AFL, but like it's it's a, it's probably not a fleeting comment, but it's a comment to show you how far you can go. And I feel like, like you said, when you, when you got it out a few years later after not reading it, and you felt bad. I think it's like that that feeling that you don't want to let the people who believe in you down and when you do you feel like you've failed them. But it's it's not like it's a failure. Like you've just It's just a different ceiling that you've got. So you don't need to play AFL but you're ceiling is you're ceiling something else to reach that part. And I think you said it during our podcast that if you don't have a mountain to climb, then you can get stuck a little bit. So I think AFL was a mountain that was Available, but you you build a different mountain. So, I think that's it's definitely something that like that that letter is so good to look back on and know how much even someone who's was with you for a year was it your teacher yeah yeah like it's you've only known them for a year but they make such an impact on you that it changes you forever. So, no, that's awesome.
3: And sometimes self talk and family friends, it's just them telling you you're enough, you can make the AFL, you're a great bloke, like comments like this. But to hear that from your year six teacher, it's just a whole different perspective. Someone that wasn't as close as some of these people are. And you get to look back on that and go, wow, someone actually thinks I am great, Like I can do great things. It just offers a, offers a different perspective and I think that's that'd be great on your mental health.
1: Yeah, definitely. Because I feel like a part of us feels like when we get compliments from close family members, it's almost like they're just saying that because they love me and that we're family. Yep. But that's, you know, that's so it's powerful to get messages from like external people. And obviously I haven't seen him for a very long time, but then that makes it even more powerful when I read it. Cause it's like, I'm no longer a part of this journey with this person anymore, but I still get that powerful message. And a quick thing I want to talk about is, is the, is that because, like, if he didn't write that, it's like I would have never have probably realised how much he he thought that about me and I wouldn't have had this opportunity to look back on this and I've actually grown a lot from this year and who knows what it looked like if I didn't look at that. I'm not saying I'd be in a different spot but it, it was a bit of a spark early in the year and sort of that butterfly effect and talking about that butterfly effect, I feel like as a society we lack, you know, vulnerability, etc. But we, we're just not good at telling people, hyping them up, whatever you want to say. We're not we're not nice enough to people. We're not, we're not complimentary enough of people. And I'm getting a lot better at it. And it's not like my purpose is oh, to just hype, to just make people feel good by telling them they're good and, and lying sort of thing. It's being like you still got to be very genuine with it. But there's so many times people do good things and – for some reason, you don't want to say. it. It's almost it's a bit awkward sometimes, but you just got to get over that little hump and just and just say it.
3: I don't know how negative of a world it is, but some people, actually a lot of people, and sometimes myself, but it's hard to take compliments. And I don't know why that is. It shouldn't be that way. It should feel good, but yeah, someone might tell you like, "Oh, how good of a person you are, how good of a footballer you are," stuff like that, and you just sort of push it aside or want to push it aside. When it honestly should make you feel a million bucks because
1: someone else is saying these kind words about you. Yeah, a quick example of that. One of my mum's friends was looking through all my social media and then, and then, said to my mum some really nice things. Who, who told me? But I found it so easy just to be like, like who, like and, and then I said to my mum like, oh, everyone should be doing what I'm doing. Like I'm just doing, like I'm just doing like nice things for people. And people, this is what everyone should be doing. I find it really hard to. Take compliments I just don't, Yeah you're right I don't know what it is Maybe we ju- maybe deep down We just don't think We're enough I, I don't know But we ne- it's sort of saying We need to get over And accept that we are enough And good enough yeah, It's funny It's funny isn't it like,
3: It shouldn't be hard mm.
2: I think One thing is that Like you When you get compliments I feel like you It's almost someone Trying to pump you up And you don't want to believe in it Because you don't want to Seem like you're Cocky Or up yourself But you need to believe in yourself sometimes. And if people tell you that you're good at something or that you've done well in something and that you're doing well, it shouldn't be, oh, yeah, but, you know, it doesn't really matter. Like, you, if someone else tells you that you're really good at something or the past year you've gotten better at sport or whatever it is, studies, like, it, it shouldn't be a, oh, yeah, okay, like thanks for that, but and forget about it. You should take some pride in it because it means that other people are noticing it.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a two Yeah, because like we said We should give more compliments But I think one of the reasons we probably Don't give compliments is people don't receive It well and yeah. which trains you it, it sort of trains the person who gives the compliment They're like, well that was a bit awkward and He didn't really like embrace that well So then you sort of get a bit Deterred and turned off from being Sort of like that It's Yeah, it's definitely a, two, a sender and a Receiver thing we sort of need to work on, don't we I find it easy in footy but I don't know other aspects of life it's just suddenly becomes a lot harder yeah it's like it's hard to go up to a bloke and say like hey your your business like with carpentry it's thriving fucking well done mate like I'm very you're on your own doing independent stuff like well done it's just no one said you might think it and we have a lot of positive thoughts about people because there's two sort of ways I look at it we've got really positive thoughts about people we don't tell them that but then we have negative thoughts and we want to tell other people mm. about
2: them. It's <laughs> fucked. Yeah. It's so fucked. That was such, your comment, that's, that's so relevant. Like I would find it so easy to tell someone how good they are at footy, but like, it would be so much harder for me to tell someone how good they are at something else or how, how much of a good person well, they are. Well,
3: even just like, mate, I've seen how hard you've been just working on yourself this year and... I just think you're such a better person for it. Like, such I don't strange. reckon anyone would say that. Like, honestly, I just... And it's it sucks. It's stupid. Why aren't we nicer? Like, I never say it. I can't say I do. But mm. it's just funny when you think about it.
2: Yeah, it's so much different to... Like, it, it's so easy to do it. I guess in an, for us, it's an environment where we feel comfortable and safe because we, we do it three times a week and we see each other three times a week. So the fact that we're always kind of training together, playing together, you find it easy to tell someone how good they are at something because we do it so often. Mm. I feel like if you don't practice something enough, Mm. it becomes a lot harder. Yeah, Because we play footy all the time, we can tell someone, like, oh, mate, that was an absolute blinder of a kick or, like, great tackle, but you can't... I would struggle with it, going up to someone and tell them how much they're good at something else, like not sporting-related. It's a bit, and it's
1: also quite surface level, isn't it? Just mm. kicking the football around. Like yeah, yeah. It's easy for everyone yeah, to talk deep. on a surface level. Yeah, and that, that's a part of a problem. We're a bit, we're not vulnerable enough and, you know, it, it's not, I think people get a bit confused with the vulnerability piece. They think, oh, we should, be, I'm saying we should be more vulnerable. That means we should go telling everyone our trauma stories yeah. and trying, it's, it's not really like that. It's being, it's being honest with how you feel at the time and, and not trying to fake things and. And if, if you want to have a genuine conversation with someone and it's going somewhere, there's often a time, I don't know if you guys have had this, but having a conversation with someone and then you're like, fuck, I really want to say this thing. It could go deeper. And then you're like, no, nah, I'll just go the easy road. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you make times. the decision just to have an easier chat or say an easier thing. Like, There's part of us, that our brain, that really wants to have that deeper connection with people, but we hold ourselves back. And then, like you said about practice, we, we're training ourselves to... To not go down there, and mm. it takes practice. And Dustin Martin spoke about it with—he does a lot of this mindfulness stuff, but you have to practice. And I think if we if we keep practicing, being open and learning to ask the right questions and probing people and getting better at it, it'll just get so much easier. And over the last six months, I've tried really hard. Like obviously, with all the stuff I do, and I've gotten found it so much easier over time mm. just by practicing it and learning from people. I had the exact same thing.
2: Well, I, I I didn't do it, but I had the exact same situation the other day. Recently quit my job to move on to something else, and there's this kid at the job who... Well, I just love, like, he's a younger kid. I think he's still in year 12, but he's, still, like, he's always... Whenever I'm working, he always seems to be, like, closing at the same time. So, and it's not like that I've shared such great memories, but it's always kind of been... I've, I always see him as, like, my little brother at, at work, I remember he was on my last shift. It was like it was five minutes until I had to leave and I kind of wanted to tell him, like, oh, fuck, he's such a good bloke. And I almost saw him as, like, a close mate, but I remember leaving and thinking, I didn't say anything. Like, he gave me a box of chocolates because, you know, I remember him earlier in the year, we, we thought that the company was going to go bust and he said, oh, you know, I just kind of wanted to, Grow up and be like you and become a manager and that kinda of hit me in the face and I was like this kid doesn't see me I did I didn't want to see it as like see me as an idol, but he almost looked up to me a bit and I felt like I was like shit, this kid's looking at me and wanting to do what I do. And so I feel like I I always wanted to tell him like not how much he meant to me, but how good it felt to know that he was looking up to me. I never got around to it. And now I'm going like I've I messaged him afterwards, but like I, I messaged him. I should have said something to him, but I messaged him afterwards and said, Oh, you know, you've been a great bloke and I'll miss working with you. And he said, Oh, you know, let me know whenever you're coming in again. But yeah, I found it hard to say something to his face, but it was easy over a screen,
3: which is interesting. Yeah, I don't know that. That's definitely happened to me a couple of times, but it's funny how there's that saying if you've got enough knives to say, don't say it all. Mm. But they don't flip the script and say If you've got something nice to say Say it
1: Oh my god I love that
3: Like Just say it (laughs) (laughs) Why why are we so scared to just say it Mm. And It's probably on both It's probably down to both people Like how you receive it How you give it But (laughs) I don't get why it's so hard
2: But it's easy (laughs) to be negative as well It's a lot easier Yeah But I don't
3: know why it is
1: But It's just a negative world Mm. In some parts But yeah yeah it's interesting Eames how you said about you know you you wanted to say something but you Uh, didn't and man I have that all the time and you know I I have I've had and I'm trying to get better at confrontation I find that I just even in relationships and shit like sucks and I'm not that good at it and then I don't know I'm trying I'm really trying to improve on this stuff because I want to be like I want to be really good at it because like who doesn't want to be it makes your relationships better but I've been getting more into trying to do phone calls. I spoke to Jack about this, but I just – some part of texting me to me – does. this is how I see texting. So when you see a text, right, and you you see a message, right, it's it's literally just – there's no voice. There's no tone of the person. You're literally reading a message, and your brain's trying to think – trying to make an interpretation of – of the sort of conception that you have of that person and you're trying to interpret it through that. It's really a screen and a few fucking letters and your brain tries to interpret that message. When you speak to someone on the phone, you can hear their voice, you can hear their tone. It feels like you're genuinely connecting to a human. I sometimes think when you're texting, you're almost connecting to your idea of in your own head of the person. You're not Where even really are. communicating.
3: 100%. Yeah. That's what you're doing. It's what your perception is of them, of what they're thinking. Yeah. Like, that even makes sense yeah <laughs> that's
1: it's so i don't think we speak about it enough but yeah i'm gonna try and you know I, i've been doing it more conscious effort just to call instead of call instead of text and i always send voice memos now i've yeah, been voice getting, memos, i've man. been sending voice memos my mate something it probably seems a bit annoying but i just me and kobe sometimes recently we're doing like legit like 10, 10 minutes worth like each day but yeah i just think it's so much more powerful just to and also what happens is when you're doing that i find it Saying I'm starting to try to do now is, do you know how people find journaling hard? And I find that really hard. I've been doing videos of myself recording myself. My mate, does that. my mate does that yeah. every month, and he reckons it's unreal. Oh, I can, I reckon I'm gonna start. I'm, um, I did it. I did one about Rocco mode because I was losing a bit of motivation, and I think I was getting too obsessed with how many followers. So I made a video about six, seven weeks ago, and I pretty much said like where I was at with my headspace, and I said, look. It doesn't – it's it's about the journey. Yeah, you, Yeah, you have X amount of followers, but you also have that many followers. So I, was, I think at the time I had 280. I was like, you've got 280 followers. Like, oh, you want 720 more. You want 1,000. I'm like, you still have 280 people who are probably going to see what you say, and you have a chance to influence them positively with what you're trying to advocate. And I was getting too stuck. You know, it comes to gratefulness now, but a bit off topic here. But, yeah, I was – I really – with the power of reflecting through my own voice, and I heard myself say that. And I'm like, did I really say it? like? Because because I, I was like, because it's weird to see yourself and talk. So saying, I'll definitely look into. It. I just did another one about saying the other day. So interesting how that goes. But all right, that sort of wraps that convo up. Oh, Jack's on this. Sir. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, we will yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll get, we'll get Jacks now. So good, Jack. So I've actually got three people.
3: Two of them for the same reason, same sort of that, and then one. He's a bit different, but yeah, the first two, and the reason I'm so, or I'm getting so passionate about mental health is a guy called Sam Kerspian, aka Muddy, and BK, so these two fellas have something in common, they both decided to take their life, Muddy or Sammy, he took his back when I was in year 10, and... I played footy with Muddy at Serenadon Craig growing up We had a great group He he was at the opposite spectrum as BK He was quiet but one of the nicest kids going around like, And I made sure to get around him Because like, he was just a ripper bloke He was smaller than me somehow But had three times the muscles He was just a ripper kid Fucking, I still love him Like, Great bloke But I wouldn't consider him a best mate at all I just saw him at footy And To me I thought Yeah he's quiet But Like everything's okay Especially cause that was back in like Year 6 Year 7 So you know Back in those days You didn't really know mental health And You didn't even know it was really possible You didn't think it was a thing To think about Yourself that way But Sammy Taking his life At that age It really shocked me And And my friends that played with him. And it really smacked me in the face how easily life can get taken away from you. And I never thought about myself in any type of that way, but just for the fact that someone my age who was who I was surrounded around could be feeling that way, it just it absolutely shocked me. And I remember, like, that was... <sighs> I can't really remember crying too much as a kid Apart from when I wanted to fucking chocolate But <laughs> I remember finding out that news at school And just fucking bawling my eyes out Like I wasn't even afraid of who saw me Like I was just fucking bawling my eyes out Man, and Rosie Deegan And just yeah that news shocked me But him and then BK I only knew him for a year And he <clears throat> he decided to do it a bit later on when he was 20 or 21 I played culture with him He randomly came joined the club um, During <clears throat> the COVID year I think And He just seamlessly became one of the boys Like It didn't take him long at all Loud, confident Sort of bloke You just never thought That someone like him would be out Like Would be thinking of Himself that way And yeah it still It still shocks me But The fact that Someone like him Who's loud Confident He was He worked in the police Like He Strong Like Looked after his body so well Still partied Had a great social group You just Don't Just don't think And With both of these More with BK and Not with Sammy Because at the age You just never Never knew I never asked BK how he actually was going, and I think a lot of us don't ask that question. And now we have the "Are you okay?" day, but <laughs> that's what once one day or one week for every every three hundred and sixty five days. So, like that's just not enough. It it needs to be every day or once a week, like whenever you see someone. Gilly Gilly also had someone go through the same thing, and he. Had the chance to talk to him not long before it, but he said that yeah, he didn't really he could have called him and said like How you going, mate? like how's things and not just on a surface level but on a deeper level, and I don't know really where I'm going right now, but yeah them them two boys, they just made me appreciate life and grateful that I think of myself in a positive way and that just it made me passionate not passionate but just made me start thinking about what other people think of themselves. And I think that was really important for me to for my brain to open up like right, in that sort of area because some people just put it to the brack back of the brain and just forget about it, just forget it's a thing. And yeah, just I don't know. That's just stuck with me until today. And then the other person Was a year 12 religion teacher And I hated religion (laughs) So And it was general religion So his name was Mr Khan And The thing about Mr Khan Was I didn't talk to him a lot I didn't really like This is the one class I had in my whole entire school My schooling at Sacred Heart And He knew that We were not all religious, we didn't all believe that stuff. So he decided to make that class more like about life. Still bringing in God and stuff like that, but he'd talk about life a lot. And something that will suck me until today and will stick with me forever, he said, when you guys come back in 10 years for your union, and if I see you, I don't want you to tell me that you became a doctor an accountant stuff like that and he didn't mean it in a bad way like yeah if you're passionate about that stuff fucking oath like pursue it do that but he said come back and tell me you were a chef in fucking Portugal a Bristol in Spain like you travel the world you saw these things because he knew I think he knew how short life is and how easily it can get away with you from you and that's Definitely like impacted me Stuck with me forever Like Now it's just made me Passionate to travel And experience these fun Weird new jobs That you might feel A bit uncomfortable doing But Fuck why wouldn't you Like just why wouldn't you And yeah I guess It's just made me Appreciate that sort of thing Whereas some people Might just get stuck Like obviously life Everyone's different Everyone wants to do Different stuff Some people might want To be the accountant With three kids, married, house That sort of stuff Which is absolutely fine No one's saying that's bad But I think he was just Saying that It's also not bad To experience all these different things Because sometimes at school It's expected To try your hardest Get your 90 plus ATAR Get yourself into a full time job As soon as you get out of uni And I think people don't talk about the other pathways. So I think he just opened people's mind up to that. Well, definitely mine. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, it's obviously very powerful, both things. We'll quickly touch on the uh, the teacher before we go on to the other one. Yeah, I think you're right. I think there is a lot of pressure in society just to conform to standard jobs. And I think it's good that he influenced you in that way because then he made you realise that, you know, there's so many other ways to go about life and like you said it's not that going into the standard occupations are bad, it's more just he empowered people to be in their own journeys and live an authentic life and I think he, what probably the take home message is he doesn't want you to come back in 10 years and regret the path you've gone down because 100%. you didn't you know, do saying you're truly passionate about, sort of thing
2: Yeah, yeah super powerful, it's, it's I think we almost get not that school's bad, but I feel like you're, you're almost set up in a robotic way to finish school, get an ATAR, go to university, get a job, then you're done. So I think there there are teachers, and oh, look, I had a few, but who who almost set you up for being a good person instead of being a good employee. Mate. So I think that's oh. really important. Yeah,
1: no. Nah. How much – this is what I don't get with school. If, if I had the chance to – I probably wouldn't, but, like, get the chance to design an education thing. Why is there not – there's not enough about, firstly, how to be better at human relationships and life, general life skills. Like, how, like yeah, you learnt how to solve this maths equation, but do you know how to speak to a friend who's in trouble or anything like that? I think
3: that's what English could really, like, go down. Mm. Because, right like, – fuck me, I remember being back in year 10, 11, i uh, English. <coughs> And then asking you to fucking read a book that you don't care about (coughs) and you're not passionate about and then write an essay about it and you just don't care. Like, for me, the take-home message was do what you love.
2: (coughs) Yeah, I I think Jack's gone down the path of... uh, it's, it's, It's not about scores, it's about how much you get out of it it's like you could get, you could fail tests and things like, but if, if, if you've learned something important you can take away from it, it's probably more you probably get more out of it and I think I think I had a teacher and oh, I think we went to a pretty lucky school where yeah. yeah, like it was important to talk about mental health and to grow yourself as a person instead of a student so, I think we we're pretty lucky, but like there's definitely room to grow and improve from it.
3: Some people don't know how to communicate with just another person, and it's kind of like sad like that that's not taught because some people aren't extroverts, yeah, and that's fine, but you still need to be able to have conversations because human relationships is like almost
1: everything at the end of the day. Yeah, this I've had so many awkward encounters with people. You know, like could you, you just know, like you are like fuck, man. Like, why? Like, the thing is, though, and saying that the whole BK and sorry, I forgot the other person's mate, Sammy, Sammy, but it's probably made me realize is the power of empathy, and especially when it comes to the extreme of suicide. Like, it really makes you realize that you can't, you know, judge a person by what you just see. I s- little things like driving a car, someone cuts me off. I, d- I don't honk at people anymore who do something wrong. I, I don't know. I just, I'm, I, like, if we're safe and nothing happened of it, I think, okay, we're, I'm, I'm fine. What happens if I get angry at this person and he's going through saying really bad? And that's not to say there's not dickheads who are just out trying to cause trouble, but yeah. sometimes it's not worth it. And I try and be as empathetic as possible now because I realise being in bad head spaces and knowing that people are going through such troubling things, you never know what someone's thinking about, what they're going through, and you just really have to know that you can have a positive influence by just being empathetic.
3: A lot of people are fighting their own battle in their head and just they won't tell another human. They won't tell anyone. I think...
2: An example of what you just said was, I think we we're talking about it, there was a comment on one of your videos or, and, and you sent it into to us. It's like, you t- I'm sure, I don't understand why people, and look, it people you know, are going through stuff and you don't know it, but I put time and effort into writing something bad. Like is, it, there's just no point to it, I reckon. like Cliché, but unless you haven't got anything nice to say, don't say anything at all, but like it, it's true. Like there's, there's criticism and there's just abuse. And I think, like people put so much time and effort into being rude and disrespectful that could be used in other ways, and it's a it's a pretty small thing. And you, if like you don't honk at people anymore. But oh, oh, I don't know who said it or when they said it. Recently, it was between us. But like one small habit leads to more habits, or one small battle one leads to more battles one. So I think like it's. Such a tiny thing That you can improve on But it leads To such bigger growth
3: Being nice To someone Just once Could make their day You Mm. never Like You never know The battle they're going through Like That Being nice To someone Saying something nice To them That could be the reason That They decide to live Another day Yeah But On the vice versa If you Fucking Say something bad They might be like Oh this is This is This is another reason Why I don't want to live anymore
1: that's extreme, but that's just saying that you'd never know. I've got a good analogy, sort of. I would not know if it's an analogy, but back in elections a little while ago, and, like, I hardly vote. I just can't even be bothered. And my mum was talking to me about it, and she said, like, oh, I'll vote for, like, this person who I'm voting for. And I said, oh, one vote's going to do nothing. And and that's what I I believed, and... And this is, and I actually have changed my mind from what I said then, and I'm not afraid to, I'm not afraid anymore to know and to admit that I was wrong because that you're not gonna grow if you can't admit you're wrong, and I was wrong because the world changes one person at a time. Fucking earth, and and it's a cliche like oh, all the votes add up, one vote matters, but it, it, in reference to the mental health thing, being nice, being empathetic to people, like. If every person adopted that attitude, we would wake up and the world would be totally different. Although it's not feasible, but that's sort of how I'm trying to influence the world by making people realize, you know, that their individual actions do matter and they accumulate. But also touching back to the, the death stuff, it's fucking, it's something you can't comprehend, but you can, you you can't comprehend it because you weren't there and you didn't do it and you, you weren't. So you can only, you 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 can't really. People have gone through mental struggles and they can empathize to the difficulties, but you know, and people have. But it's it's really hard to to put yourself in someone else's boat, and it's such a a stigma that the topics like like talking about it. Like if you're talking to someone about mental health and people, I don't know anyone who would say to someone they're talking about the mental health and they're like. And you say to someone, like, are you okay? And they're like, no, I'm not. And the next question could be, have you ever thought about harming yourself? That should be what people start to ask. It shouldn't, it should not be so scary to say that. But saying that, would I have the courage to Mm. say it right now? I don't know. I'm not in that situation. But it's something that we don't know how to do
2: well. Mm. I think there's, uh, that's a problem for for sure. But I think the problem beforehand is, like, we wait for something bad to happen to take action on it. Like of course the deaths of your mates know, is the worst thing in the in, in the world. And now like now that we can grow from it let's not try oh, oh of course you can't things are, are gonna happen in, in life, but it's it's almost learning to not catch something but to go out before some before things go wrong. Yeah. So having someone check in on you is probably like it's so makes you feel good about yourself because you know that you've got people around you to support you. And so I think something that's important is to grow early and reach out before it's too late. we all talk about the are you okay day stuff and you look back and things that have gone wrong and you ask on that day because it's everyone else is doing it, but it's, it's the days where it's a Tuesday morning, random Tuesday morning, and you might as well just ask someone. And like, It makes their day because they know they've got someone to support them. They might be doing perfectly fine, but reaching out to them, they know that they've got someone to support them. So when they are going through a bad time, they might come to you because they know that they've got someone.
1: Can't lose. Mm. You cannot lose in the situation of... Seek of reaching out to someone, even if they're totally
2: fine.
3: Mm. A guy called Nick Robinson from Perth. He's been coming up on my TikTok a lot lately, and he, he always sends a message. If you've got a bung knee, you go see a physio. If you've got a headache, you take panadol. That sort of stuff. Like <clears throat> people always know what to do when it comes to hurt, like injuries and stuff that's visible and easy and Not going to be a hard conversation, but if you are struggling with your mental health, you should talk to your mate, talk to your family, talk to someone that you can trust and care about, and if you can't do that, then you can go see a professional, which there should be no shame, but I think that people still feel embarrassed, which sucks again. Like all this stuff is actually just all in their head. No one's going to make fun of you. The, no one. The, the thing,
1: I think the hardest thing about seeing someone is not seeing them. It's the fact you have to admit something's wrong to yourself and that's when the whole denial process, you come out of denial and, that, and coming out of denial is the hardest thing. I've pushed, you know, everyone's had not met like deep mental struggles, but, you know, times I've had shit situations and it's so much easier to put it to the side than admit you're struggling and then deal with that. And and I think that's where everyone needs to get better at I think awareness is for me is, is, is huge. Being aware of your triggers, being aware of yourself. And because like I said we're very surface level oriented surface level society sort of thing. We're actually not, but we are. We act like that. Everyone I didn't realise how deep people were and and because we we're living a life like externally that's so shallow we're not trained to be aware of our triggers and our deeper things and as i get have explored this area you know i'm aware when i have a thought what might trigger it and what inner belief or what values that it's sort of affected what childhood thing what little what little beliefs in my head that i have that make me feel this way and then and then you're aware of it and then when you're aware of it you can take the right actions, and because we're we're not we're not skilled in that area, that's why people are, are facing such big mental battles, mostly with them with themselves.
2: Anything else to add to? No, that was that was good. I thought like we covered everything in that. Like yeah. it's, yeah, there's so much more that you can yeah get into could it, talk about it for days. Yeah, but
1: yeah, we'll. we'll, we'll We'll wrap it up there, but we'll obviously this is just this. It's st- only yet one the, st- the, start of the, <laughs> the start of the side series, but you know, I'd be I hope everyone listened to that. and I'd love to get everyone's feedback on that sort of conversation. The hardest thing about this podcast is getting someone to listen to it. I think once if someone does listen to it, I'm pretty sure it was a valuable chat. And thanks both of you for your honesty. It's it's I'm sure there's going to be topics and stuff that are going to be more difficult for one of us, but you know it was you know goosebumps listening to jack talk about that and obviously i knew bk and yeah it's 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 a lot of heavy content and the thing i've noticed that having some deeper chats with with jack and tom recently even just at footy in the ice baths and obviously I had them on the pod but you, you you just for some reason i feel really comfortable around them more and it hasn't it's not like we've done it for ages but just it's sort of breaking that awkward that barrier That tension That sort of That sort of guard We We walk around with And I think we need to That's why we need to get better at it Because there's no point We don't want to live life With, that, with our guards up
2: Shouldn't just be us three mm. Exactly mm. Should be everyone Exactly mm. I definitely feel like Like even what well, I've known your boys What two years Maybe three <laughs> years And It's like where you've been Best mates for Those three years Like we only kind of we only see each other at footy and at the club, but I think, like, it's been what, maybe a month we've been, or well, less than that. But I feel like if we can grow into talking about such vulnerable things so quickly that others can as well. Oh. so well, that's the, that's
1: one of the main purpose of this mm. this thing, and we'll continue to to have these conversations, and we'll see what the feedback's like. But I'm sure. Sure, people love this because it's you know, and you know we'll, we'll see what see what people like, and we'll keep going that. But thanks for coming, on both of you, and thanks for sharing your stories today.
2: Thank you, cheers, mate. Keep, keep going for the next one. Selling a little
0: or a lot.